You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Half hour. Hello, and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And we're here to bring you a casual conversation on the shows, films, concerts, and music that we see, listen to, and observe throughout our careers. Today's conversation will feature current pop music hits from the second half of July. And you can follow along and listen to the music we are discussing by going to our Instagram and TikTok accounts at Half Hour Podcast and click the link in our bio to save and listen to our curated playlist. We have a playlist for pop, we have a playlist for Broadway, and we have a playlist for new artists. Mm-hmm. So go check those out and follow along. Um, today we're going to start with our spotlights on two artists actually this week, not just one, but we're going to do two. And we're going to start with Miss Lizzo. Lizzo released her sophomore album special on July 15th. This was a highly anticipated full studio album from Lizzo. It's her sophomore follow-up to her debut album, Cause I Love You. And this album was released by Nice Life and Atlantic Records, and it features the smash hit single, About Damn Time. So for me, uh, I'll give my thoughts first, and okay. then I'm going to ask you. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a great sophomore follow-up for Lizzo. Personally, I thought this is the sound that she really kind of found in her first album with songs like Juice and Truth Hurts and Boys, where she kind of just picked up where she left off, which I think is kind of a smart thing to do for artists when it's their second album. A lot of people get worried about their second album, thinking that it might be a flop or it's like the sophomore slump, they call it. And I really thought she brought what, you know, the current trends that are happening in the industry right now, where it's like, Uh, house music and disco music really kind of blending. And I think she took a lot more of this disco pop flair and added it to the album. I think she, you know, she stands up for being the big girl, being the body positive girl, and she puts a lot of her thought and energy into the music that she's making. And I I really liked it. You know, what did you think? I think she's really talented. I like this album a lot. I like most of the songs on it, too. Um, I don't think this is any sort of sophomore slump. I think she's sticking with what works for her, mm-hmm. which is some great lyrics, some great beats, and and really um, good energy and, and positive message. There's yeah. nothing um, that I find really downer or sad or emotional. And, of course, people can have emotional pop songs, but I feel like this just just like summer 
happiness after a pandemic, after a craziness in the world. It's nice to just have something that's high energy and fun. Um, and I really did really enjoy it a lot. I think she's really talented and fun. I think she's probably great live in person. Yeah, it wasn't see. it wasn't a sleep a sleeper album at all. No, I guess really if you think back to this album, like we've listened to this now. What is it? Almost two weeks ago, yeah. fully. We mm-hmm. were really diving into it. Would you say that you would put this on regularly? I would. I mean, I would put some of the songs. I would probably pick like half the songs and put them in a playlist. Maybe yeah. not the whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, I mean, the About Dan Time is really popular right now. And yeah. through TikTok and through dance trends. And it's always on the radio and on the car I think, and stuff. Yeah, I think she got really lucky with a song like About Damn Time. Because when that song first came out, I really feel like it was verging on it being a flop song. Mm. Shockingly, because I thought it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it and I loved it. And she just had this really great moment where a TikTok dance was created with it. There's a, a section of the song that it just works and it's stuck in your head all the time. Yeah, now. Yeah. It's, it, it's quite interesting how something so catchy can just work. But if you're not having the backing of the label or the backing of the fans on the song, it's very easy, I think, for someone to kind of just be squashed or be like, um, you know what, we're not really digging this song. So... For for her to see that, for me to see, like, okay, that song worked, and now this album comes out, I'm very interested to see what she does next with the album. Is she going to make um, more singles? Like, is she going to release more singles from the album? Is she going to put videos out for the album? Because something that I feel like pop stars really were doing a lot, you know, like, let's think, like, 10 years ago, probably, because I think that's around, like, when Kesha and Katy Perry and Lady Gaga and a lot of, and Britney Spears and a lot of these pop stars were, and Taylor Swift even, they were all like putting four, five, six singles out from their albums. I remember 1989, five, six smash singles. Uh, Teenage Dream had like five, six smash singles. And the album were just like summer. Um, they were just these like extraordinary things that were happening. And like everyone just listened to it over and over and over again. And I, I'm wondering like, are artists still doing that? You know, do you feel like, okay, she might just like leave this album and like let it go. I think that it's okay for every album to be different. Mm -hmm. I think that it's sometimes in the light of Carol King's Tapestry. Everybody refers to Carol King's Tapestry as the album Carol King's Tapestry. Of course, everyone loves the single songs on there, but everyone puts it together like the album. How many rock bands did that too? The album. And it's about the album. And then there's some people that do compilation albums or just release some singles. And so I think it's okay to have both. I think it's okay to have a fun thing like this, you know, where Lizzo just put a bunch of great fun songs together and some I like, some are okay. And I think, okay. Then you look at what we're going to talk about shortly is Beyonce and how that was like a put together album. Mm -hmm. And it's more about the album than the individual song. I think it's okay to have both in the industry. Totally. And I think it's okay for every album to be different. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. But I think that's okay. Totally. Uh, Some songs that were highlights for me on this album were About Damn Time, To Be Loved, Special, Everybody's Gay, and Birthday Girl. So I agree with all of those. The one I would add is the I Love You B. I won't say (laughs) the word. Um, Because I love that. It's just like, I love you B. I love you B. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool that that's just the lyric and that's the title. Um, Special is really great. I love About Dan Time. Everybody's Gay is great. Birthday Girl, I was like, oh, could this be like, you know when everybody looks for a song to put on their Insta story for someone's birthday or they want to play a song when someone's birthday, like in a restaurant or like with a DJ at a 
party and it's like, happy birthday is the Stevie Wonder one that everyone <laughs> yeah. was like. Maybe this is the next birthday song that we can play when it's the cake's coming out or like when you're looking to post a photo with a video. Because this could, how many songs other than happy birthday to you, right? How many mm-hmm. birthday or... um there's the Katy Perry birthday, Katy right? Perry. So there's a but few. We're like tired of using all of those. Yeah, like there's only well, there's only two or three, right? Yeah. So it's not like there's hundreds. So they're all right, Lizzo, like use the word birthday, and yeah. and that's a cool. I mean, that, I've already used it for a friend. So. Yeah, that's great. It's very. Cool. <laughs> it's funny to do that um, for sure. One thing I wanted to talk to you, and this is like kind of a question for everyone that kind of listens to our podcast too. So we want to know your feedback on this. But music reviewers are finding that this album verges on being a sellout album for Lizzo. Do you find that after an artist has a lot of success with a debut album, that the artist tends to either try to be a one trick pony or they try to sell out in the industry? And by sell out, meaning um, they're doing something that they probably normally wouldn't do in terms of music. So in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I think if you make it on a specific sound or vibe or energy, and that's how you like break in and make it, making the second album similar, maybe even the third album similar is fine for me. It's a little bit of a safe road, but I think it works because it's what people want. Gaga would be an example of that. Even Taylor Swift would be an example of that. Her first couple albums were country-esque before mm-hmm. she went like heavy pop. Gaga were heavy pop before she went on like the jazz Tony Bennett or the country Joanne, right? I think after your second or third, explore new things, try new things, reinvent yourself. I always use a lot of times on the podcast, the Madonna theory of like, she never tried new things. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, someone could say, well, it's Madonna. Everything she does is amazing and it works and it's great. Some other people could be like, why won't Madonna do like a jazz sit at the piano with a stool and a mic? She's 60 something years old. Right. But some people are like, no, that's not her. But I think, but everybody could have said that about Gaga, her singing with Tony Bennett. That's not her, but it was her. Mm -hmm. And in a way. And so we don't really know an artist's different potential. When you're using Lizzo, she's a classically trained flautist. She's been trained in music. She actually has a really wonderful voice. Like, wouldn't it be cool to hear her do something different? But with that said, I think that keeping in the safer route with this second album, keeping it similar to the first, was a smart choice for her to get her next album out. So I'm very torn on it, as you can hear. Mm -hmm. I, I do really see both sides of it. It's an interesting thing because I always remember, like, being in school... Um, one of my professors said that Americans don't like change mm-hmm. when it comes to artists. So a lot of artists that try to re, you know, reinvent the wheel with their image and sound or whatever, once an American gets confused, they discard the artist. Do you kind of feel like that could possibly happen? Like I said, yes and no. Yeah. I don't think, you know, when you look at someone like, what Whitney Houston or Michael Jackson was doing, they were kind of staying the same, doing what their fans really loved. And wouldn't it have been interesting to see them live longer and to see what they would have put off? Barbara Streisand does the same thing all the time and people just like that. So uh, Cher, Celine Dion, like these people do the same thing and people like it. But I think there's a difference between experimenting in the sound versus experimenting in your image. Oh, you're okay. Mm-hmm. So if someone, I think Gaga is a perfect example. When she experiments outside of who Lady Gaga is and she goes and does like Joanne and she goes and does like the Tony Bennett thing, her monster fans don't really like it. Sure. 
And they're like, um, that's not what we signed up for. But maybe that's why she, I don't want to say throws them a bone, but does the chromatica and gives them what they want. To me, I I always... she's throwing a bone. I think she's saying, ooh, I'm not making money. But I also don't think she has any regrets on doing film roles, on doing the country country music, on doing the jazz. Also because she sang the Sound of Music tribute to Julie Andrews a few years ago on the Academy Awards. She walked on stage with Liza Minnelli and presented the Academy Awards. This woman is in touch. And I've always said this from the start. I think Lady Gaga is one of the smartest current pop performers, singers, artists, because she's always weaving her own web. Yeah. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the next album was a jazz album, and then I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the next album was the next fame or Born This Way or something like that. I, I, I just... But it will just be I, interesting to see where she stands in the hierarchy of pop stars. Like, is she at the top, or is she kind of just sitting mediocre? And no, I, think, I could never use the word mediocre with her. I could never <laughs> I'm see, ter- see In that. terms of, like, sale, etc. Like... Katy Perry is a perfect example. Katy Perry was high on the horse with Teenage Dream, the album, and Prism. Those had banger pop songs after banger pop songs. And then what happened? She released Witness and she released Smile and they did absolutely nothing. That's staying in a center that's like either their their music artistry is being underappreciated same way that Gaga could be underappreciated because it's not what the people want. But I also think that the more you put yourself out there in interviews and documentaries and you really get to see who the person is, when you see Taylor Swift in her documentary, when you see Lady Gaga in her documentary, you say to yourself, oh, I really know this person. When I see Katy Perry as a judge on American Idol or in a TV commercial, I'm like, okay, who is this person? Yeah. But I look at Gaga saying like, she has no regrets and she does what she when you hear her talking about Tony Bennett you feel like she is passionate about that man's career not oh i did this as a gimmick or i did this to kind of hold someone's hand for a little while while i get through well, the next hope that. I, I totally think that she does everything genuinely I totally yeah. I, 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 and I, and bringing this back to Lizzo, I think Lizzo can really continue to do these fun things and make this sound, but try new things too. Because like well, I said, she's right. got an amazing background and she should use some of this music knowledge that she has. Uh, right. And I think potential. that's what people are probably saying with this album is they love the Lizzo image. They love what Lizzo brings to the table. They want to hear Lizzo now experiment in her sound. Mm. Don't give us something that's probably expected. Mm. Shock us. Right. right? Just shock what we think we're going to get with something else. That's good, though. Right. Which I think leads into this next artist quite well is Beyonce. Sure. You know, releasing this new album, Renaissance. It was released on July 29th. Uh, you know, she's a seasoned pop veteran. She's been in the game for how many years? We, 17? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. She brings us her seventh studio album. And this is Act One. So I don't know if you knew this, but this... Oh. This she's releasing a, a trilogy album. Okay, so wow. this is just part one, which yeah. is really cool. I think this is going to lead into our second part of the conversation really well too. Because what does Act One mean to you in in music and what she's bringing here? Um, let me just get through this. The album was released by Columbia Records and Parkwood Entertainment, and. Right, Like I said, Beyonce has said that this is her first installment of a trilogy project, and this was conceived to reflect her state of mind during the pandemic. Mm. So right off the bat, I'll give my thoughts here. This totally 
I mean, I guess it was expected in a way for me because after she released Break My Soul, I was like, okay, we're getting a house disco-y pop album from Beyonce, which I was super excited for because I love house music. I love disco music. And the blend of both is just great. And I think this is like a great ode to some of the greats in the music industry. I mean, especially like Donna Summer and her single on one of the songs on here called Summer Renaissance. And when you really think about that, you're like, oh. The summer renaissance. That was very cool. The renaissance of disco and um, house music put into an album and Beyonce's take on it. For me, it was just like, this is gold. It was very smart. And also the season of summer, but Donna Summer's last name, Summer. It was very smart, all of it. I thought it was very, very cool. Um, Yes, I thought it was really, really wonderful. I love the whole album. I love the concept of it. I love the idea that it flows. Mm -hmm. This is what I was talking about earlier, an album that's almost looked like as a show. Yeah. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it just flows, and it doesn't stop. When you see a show, other than an intermission, it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's nice to see some albums like that. It's not like, oh, the next song is vastly different. It flows. I right. like that. And you can, I feel like while listening to this album, and it's just like you're going through this, and you can put the visual of what's going on here. She is telling a story through some of the lyrics here. And yeah, some people are going to be like, eh. I hate it because I hate samples and I hate people just not thinking outside of the box. But I love someone's take on a sample. I really love an artist that can look at something and say, I really like that beat or I really like that sound or I really like that lyric. And I want to put that into a song and I'm going to create a new song from it. Mm -hmm. I really like when people use things as inspiration or uh, she didn't just do a cover. She Mm -hmm. did a fully inspired um, album through samples. I think someone mentioned there was like eight different samples mm. throughout this whole album, mm-hmm. which is, it, which is, I mean, it's not the end of the world for me. Right. I mean, people have been sampling forever, right? You know, um, I think for me, some of the big standout songs here were "Cozy," "Alien Superstar," "Cuff It," which those three songs right are in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they blend so well; yes. you don't even know that the song is changing. I also really loved "Pure Honey" and "Summer Renaissance," which really brings a lot of that Donna Summer. Um, just flair to those especially two. since summer renaissance actually samples an actual mm-hmm. donna summer song yeah. i do i do put break my soul on that list too because it is really catchy and it is fun i know it's very very i don't want to say overplayed but a little bit um because yeah. it's been out the longest but i do really really love that song yeah i think it's really good vibe i like break my soul sometimes i i overlook the singles i guess because it's yeah. like i love giving other mm-hmm. songs on the album attention and like we were just talking about with lizzo i'm very curious to see what else she's going to do with this act one of the renaissance because she's released no music videos right and there's no visual to this so she's either going to give us something crazy at the end maybe she's going to give us a fully inspired broadway show yeah right oh that'd be nice Uh, i always think when you talk about like the who's tommy and some of these um big bands that made like or um american idiot right Mm -hmm. when you see these albums that were made into shows it's definitely possible it's definitely something that could i mean it could we don't know what she's gonna or it's gonna be like a fully in um visualized arena tour yeah yeah yeah. who knows what it's going to be but she always surprises us and she's another one too who's really not dabbled in the broadway space right i think probably the closest thing was when she did the Disney film Black is King, mm-hmm. um, putting music to a visual like that, um, that's probably it. Um, yeah. For another topic to discuss here, and also we would love to know your opinions on this, but many reviewers and fans are finding that this album is going to flop for Beyonce, fall on the flop list. Does an artist like Beyonce, though, really need to cater to what the reviewers and the fans 
are saying to make a successful pop album? No. The answer no. simply is no, in my opinion. Also because she has fans no matter what. Right. She could sing the alphabet and the fans would be like, oh my God, she just sang the alphabet. Oh my God. You know, and, and so, no, she's way up there. Um, she's talented. And there's another person who was a in uh, Dream Girls playing an, a big role. Oh, she, wait, yes. She was the <laughs> leading thing, right? So she sang a classic Barbra Streisand ballad at the Kennedy Center Honors for Barbra Streisand. Like, this is a woman who, like Lady Gaga, also does things for Disney. Oh, she was Nala, voice of Nala, in the, I think it was Nala in The Lion King. Yeah, sure. Like, so she is really understanding of what she can do different besides just, you know, I think she's very smart. Mm-hmm. I think she's very smart. And I think, uh, it's, I don't, I can't see it flopping. No, I, I mean, it's not going to, it may flop compared to some of her other past albums and how successful they were. But I think she has a strong enough fan base at this point in her career where the fans are just going to like whatever it is. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. I think that's fine. When you get to that level, the Taylor Swift, the Beyonce's, the Rihanna's, whatever you put out, people are just going to like. Right, right. Which is cool. Yep. Very cool. So moving over out of this, um, we're going to move to the conversation we've been talking about for a while. Mm-hmm. And this is called Broadway Pop. Broadway Pop. <laughs> um, there's some fine uh, – there are some ladies um, here that I want to talk about that are dabbling in the crossover from theater or they're doing things in the theater space and they're making their ways through the pop um, – Genre, which are Dove Cameron, Renee Rapp, and Cynthia Revo. They've all Cynthia Revo's released an album. Dove Cameron's releasing singles. Renee Rapp's releasing singles. What are you thinking about some of these songs um, that they're releasing? I like the songs. I what I what I really love the most about what they're doing is their vocal quality. Mm-hmm. I come from a music background where it's all to me. It's all about tone, pitch, breathing, dynamic. It's how wonderful a vocal can sound. And these three girls have really nice vocal quality. I listen to them like, oh, it's just really warm and rich and full. It's not thin. It's not breathy. It's Mm -hmm. not whiny. And so, unfortunately, not all pop stars, of course, but some go into that category. Mm -hmm. And some sing a little or rap more than sing or whatever. These women sing. And so it's nice. uh, You know, with our business, Two Worlds Entertainment, we always talk about the two worlds being pop and Broadway coming together. And how a long time ago, a pop popular Broadway song was a pop song on the radio, right? Mm -hmm. So why can't some of these people do Broadway, do TV, do movies, release music, and then come back to Broadway and then come back to releasing music? Of course. It all intertwines. I don't think there should be a hard, high wall in between each, you know, category and they should be intertwined. Well, that's what I love about it. I love seeing them all create their own kind of sound in the pop space. And I totally agree with you. The vocal quality that they're bringing to their pop music, they're not for lack of a better saying, dumbing down their vocals right. to fit a pop sound. Right. They are creating their own pop sound in the space, which right. is great. They're they're putting themselves on the level of like an Adele who can really vocally put it out there or like Kelly Clarkson who vocally kills it in their pop stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, so it's really nice seeing that. Um, I think that we rarely see artists in the theater space these days crossing over and trying to have pop careers. Um, do you? How do you think that they are doing in the industry right now? It, 
And I'll kind of define that a little bit more. If I didn't tell you these three were um, creating something in the pop space, would you know? Um, maybe. And the reason why I say maybe is because I follow Broadway World and Playbill and some of the big theater outlets. They do sometimes post when this happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think they post when every Broadway person releases a single or an album. There's so many Broadway. There's actually a good amount of Broadway people that are trying to release their own stuff, right? Yeah. But some of the bigger names get through that. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'm reading these names on like you know, Billboard or on some of the other big places. But I and so I'm finding out half through you, but I'm also finding out a little through my theater industry yeah. um, advertisements and marketing and articles and things like that. So yeah, yeah, they're very talented. I think seeing these artists do this, but I always. But what I would love to see is go back and forth. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes I, and I'll keep bringing up Barbara Streisand until the day I die, I guess. But I feel like she did Broadway, left Broadway, never came back. Yeah. And I always say, like, why? Like, Bette Midler came back. Yeah. Like, Hugh Jackman came back. Mm-hmm. And I always think, even Sutton Foster went off into TV for all those years. I like, came back. And, and, and to me, Liam Michelle is coming back. I think that's so smart. Doing something eight times a week live on stage is really hard, and it keeps you on your toes. Totally. So, like, Renee Rapp, come on back. Dove Cameron, I don't even know if Dove Cameron's even been on Broadway. She's done off-Broadway, she regional did tours. And so, sh- come on to Broadway. Cynthia Revo, we'd love to see you back on Broadway after Wicked. Like, come on it back. It would be really interesting to see if someone like Cynthia Revo goes back, because she her roots are so Broadway. I mean, Dove Cameron, we haven't seen on the Broadway stage, but she was doing off-Broadway, mm-hmm. and she's now doing film and TV. I mean, she does The Descendants, I believe, and she was doing... Mm -hmm. So it would be interesting to see if she ever kind of tries to originate a role on Broadway. Same with Ariana DeBose. Yeah. Come on back when you can. And obviously the TV contract, the movie contract, of course. But when you get that six month gap, come on back. Get your agents and a play even. Do a six week, eight week, 12 week run of something, you know? That's what And even Renee Rapp. I mean, she's really starting to cross over into the other thing. She does TV. She's on that show, The Sex Lives of College Girls. And she's putting this pop music out, which I think is great. Um, I actually did get the chance to see her in Mean Girls mm-hmm. before it closed. Mm-hmm. So that was fun and exciting. So I'm really excited to see where they go. Yeah. Um, I also think that more and more musicals are creating pop scores and they're using pop music in their or they're using pop music in their right. scores. Um, so shows like Six and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, these are all fully recognized pop scores here. Um how do you think that pop scores are helping the Broadway industry? Well, if, if you're looking at Anne Juliet and Moulin Rouge, it really helps because you're using songs that are recognizable that are well-known. Mm-hmm. Six is an original pop score, different. Yeah. So I would love to see more of that yeah. because that's really artistic and really original. I'm not saying Anne Juliet and Moulin Rouge is not. I'm just saying I could think we could be seeing both. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I also do love an or- original orchestral score. I also love an original jazz score, which is why I think when we hear like something like a hot coming to Broadway, being an original jazz score, it doesn't have to be rock pop all the time, like Beetlejuice, which is great, you know. But so I, I'm I'm kind of for it all. I always say this. I think everything yeah. belongs on Broadway. So like bring well, us all of it's it. It's cool seeing a lot more of these pop scores happening because we have had the more rock musical scores for a while. Mm. So now to see a recognized pop sound yep. in the industry is going to be cool. For sure. I, you know, for especially sure. for me. I love pop music. Yeah, of course. So. That's the two worlds. <laughs> and lastly, in the pop Broadway pop spot, we have pop stars writing songs for or writing music for um, musicals. We have people like uh, artists like Sarah Bareilles, who one is performing right now in Into the Woods, but also, and she performed in Waitress, but also wrote the music to Waitress. Right. 
So that's cool. And then we have Ingrid Michaelson right now writing, well, performed in, in Natasha Pierre. Natasha yeah. Pierre, and now writing music for the Notebook, which we have heard that Notebook song and. They released the song that she sang, yes. which is wonderful. She has a wonderful voice. And wonderful. I think it's written so beautifully. And that's going to be stunning. I'm going to cry my eyes out on that. But, yeah, I think it's nice to see strong women writing this. I'm not saying that, you know, Elton John is an example of a pop person who wrote a lot of Broadway scores. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. Yes, get some of these pop people in front of the table and behind the table. Starring in stuff, but also writing for it. Yeah. This is what Broadway is about. Broadway's got to stay on it. It's 2022. You know, I, that's why I always say, well, would Taylor Swift ever write an original Broadway show one day? Or, you know, she gotta, needs to. They could. These people <laughs> are talented. Get them in. Now, obviously, it's different. You have to weave a story into it, and you right. have to have the right song at the right time. And it's some have to be fast, some have to be slow, some have to be dance breaks, some have to, you know, I get that. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and that's why it sometimes takes, what did it take, Lynn Manuel, 10 years to write Hamilton, maybe yeah. something like that? So I get it. You know, it's it's a process. Yeah. But I love it. I love Sarah Bareilles. I love Ingrid Michaelson. I can't wait to see. Hopefully they do more in this space, too. Totally. Well, this this is the start of our Broadway and pop collab here mm-hmm. where we're going to start putting out what the Broadway and pop sister songs are. Yeah, very, right. We got to work on that, especially <laughs> since this upcoming Broadway season has a lot of that K-pop yes. coming and, you know, mm-hmm. the, and Juliet, some of these crossover st- styles. Yes. For sure. So look out for that little fun thing that we're going to start doing on social media. Yes. Okay, we're coming to that time in our podcast episode because this is flying flew by. Flying by. <laughs> wow. Um, we're going to do Bop or Flop. Um, we have five songs here that I'm going to ask Richie what he thought of the five songs. And the first one we're going to start with is Rina Sawayama's Hold the Girl. Bop, love it. So Anthony, love the key change. That key change. Love when that comes in. Gaga also vibe, a, a, a Gaga vibe. She's just giving me a yeah. Gaga vibe. I okay, I totally I could see Gaga doing this song, but I love that Rena did, and uh, it's amazing. I it's so good. When I heard that key change, I was like, "Love it, girl!" Huge bop, girl. I'm gonna see this live, and I'm gonna scream. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we have Haley Steinfeld featuring Anderson Pock, um, Coast. Love it, bop. Fun summer bop. Love the Anderson feature. Yes. That was my favorite part of the song, actually. It really I was like, okay, every time it's a feature. amplifies it. Because sometimes the feature is like, okay, we're t- t- steering off the path for a minute and a half here now. But no, like, I thought it was, like, so great. And I loved her. It's super cool. I love it. And this is interesting for her because this is a – she's staying true to who she is, but also it's a new sound for her in a way. You know you know her song, I love me. Yeah. And I love yeah. myself. So to see this, I'm like, oh, she's taking a little bit of a risk here, but she's staying true to her – Pop sound, yeah, which is for great. sure, for sure. This is a newcomer, Julie Chan, and her song "Not a Crime." Um, I'm on the fence about this. Okay, I can't really put it bop. I wouldn't put it flop either. I just, I think it, it just seems a little flat for me. The song, it didn't really okay. go anywhere. I think I'd love to hear more of her. Um, I definitely want to hear more from her. I think that this leans bop for me. Um, okay, especially for a newcomer in the industry trying to make her mark. And the music video that I, I did see was like, okay, she's going here. She's going yeah. Here. Um, next, Jesse Weir's Free Yourself. Obsessed. Bop. <laughs> love it. I feel like I need to go to Studio 54. I need to dance my little tail feather to this. Disco, yes. house music, such a hit. And she's she's really on the mark right now, too, with getting that disco house influence into the song. It's just, like, on the money. Mm-hmm. This better not flop, y'all. No, okay? get because it up there. this song, and she needs to be appreciated more, but... 
Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Then lastly, we have Betty Who's She Can Dance. I like this. It's it's nice. It, I like that it's like more of a personal story. Yeah. She's got a nice... I always like what she does. She mm-hmm. always does something just a little different from the mainstream, and I like that. Yeah. She's another one. I totally think she's underappreciated. Yes, totally in, underappreciated. And she should industry. be doing more. Totally. Doing, or well, she does a lot, but I feel like she could always keep doing... Yeah, she just hasn't really, like, had that one crossover, like, hit. I mean, she had, like, Ooh, Somebody Loves You um, that went, like, viral when flash mobs were all over the scene. Right, right, right. But that was good for her. Um, Other than that, though, like, I really would love to see her really – people dive into her catalog and really just be a Betty Who fan. Mm -hmm. Be part of the Who crew. There we go. (laughs) Anyway, we're – oh, wow. out of time already. Ah. We're really out of time today. Um, So – that was fun. That was fun. This is great. A, great. a lot of great music this summer. Do we get more in August? More pop stuff, I think. We're gonna we have be. some cool stuff. Yeah, we are. We're September. Totally. There's some things coming. Totally. Yeah. Concerts. Um, let us know some of the artists and music that you're listening to in, um, in, on our social media pages because we want to know. And maybe we'll talk about it. So anyway, <laughs> thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, please subscribe to our podcast at Spotify and Apple, Apple Music and leave us a review if you love what you heard today, but only if you loved it. <laughs> uh, we also want you to join our conversation and engage with us. Head over to our Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast and, can, and comment on the latest post about this podcast episode. We'd love to hear from you. Right, yeah, Richard? That's it. And we have more coming up, more pop, more Broadway. Yes. There's a lot coming up. So every week, Friday is at 3. PM Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Jeff. I'm Richie. Signing off. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.